When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 5, Episode 35, as the New York Rangers on this lovely Sunday evening, January 28th, are sitting atop of the standings in the Metro Division by two points. Uh, They played one extra game. Things seem to be falling apart, but like we've said on previous podcasts, no one is taking this division and running with it. Uh, Maybe one team to be slightly worried about, but here we are. A lot to talk about, uh, so I'll have to start the podcast off with Andy. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing all right. Yeah, I mean, the New York Rangers basically have limped across the uh, the halfway mark into the All-Star break, and somehow, despite the, their litany of issues and injuries and suspensions and scoring woes and defensive lapses are still somehow first in the metropolitan division, which is pretty insane. This couldn't come at a better time for them. Um, I, we have so much to talk about on this podcast, uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess you can really just distill it and say the New York Rangers need, it seems like a lot of teams need this all-star break. I don't know. I can't really think of one team other than maybe the LA Kings that need the all-star break more than the New York Rangers. Yeah. I mean, maybe the Philadelphia Flyers, you know, they've lost what five in a row now. And it's just, again, I don't like, I don't know what to make of this league right now. I just feel like we're all kind of in limbo and we need to get to the trade deadline because that's when I can feel like I can confidently start judging in teams. And Rangers being probably like the number one team that is most likely to change, especially now with the news of Filipino missing the remainder of the season. So, yeah, I again, Andy, I before we get into the into the Rangers, just your pulse of the league right now. I mean, do you feel like it's really up for grabs more than any other season? I mean, this season. I can't really like confidently say that, you know, I believe in 
X team, uh, <clears throat> yeah, you know, I mean, stay in the cup. Yeah, I would say other than right now, Edmonton is the hottest mm-hmm. team in the league. They what? They're one win away from tying the Penguin, the '93 Penguins record, or whatever year that team was um, for most wins in a, in, in a row. <clears throat> um, they're going for like 16, right? So. I mean, we've been saying forever McDavid will have a cup one day, so this could very well be the year. But obviously, the Winnipeg Jets are also probably one of the best teams in the league. I think I maybe I trust them in terms of more in terms of their structure top to bottom, although they don't have the prolific scoring and obviously game breaking ability that Edmonton has with McDavid and Dreisaitl, but um, yeah, they, obviously those are the only two teams where I really think are strong, like in the West, the East, like you said, wide open. I don't know. I don't really trust no one. Yeah. I don't think there's any team in the East that's head and shoulders above everyone else. Obviously, you know, Boston's a little bit weaker this year, uh, although they're still, you know, one of the best teams in the league, but they're definitely not for as well coached they are and they're just not as uh, prolific as they were last year you know the panthers look good but they're they're still they have their spotty performances too you know um obviously the rangers somehow have <laughs> held on to their division you've had a couple teams start to come on like the penguins as of you know the last month or so but they're still you know they're still trying to work their way into it you have a lot of teams really you know i think there was thought that the devils could even though for their injury woes could somehow pull it off but they just they still don't jack hughes still hasn't started skating they're now i believe what they're six points out of a playoff spot although they have two games in hand and it's just they're kind of slipping down the pack you know they still have the penguins and the islanders in front of them who are both playing better although granted the islanders have played a couple more games but uh yeah it's pretty crazy i mean so yeah i mean literally looking there's yeah, Boston is right now supposedly the class of the East with the most points. You know, the Rangers are third in the East behind Boston and the Panthers, which I would say would probably accurate, although the Hurricanes have come on strong after, you know, a rough start for them. They're actually one less game played than the New York Rangers. And if they win that game, they are tied. And I assume that the Canes would have. uh uh, uh or, no, I'm sorry. The can't, the Rangers would still have the win because they have. Or no, would I, I don't know because tiebreakers on doesn't matter. But you know, it's they're literally a, a a stone's throw ahead of of the Canes right now. So yeah, the East is pretty much a crapshoot. The West, I'm gonna eat despite not you know that how good the Avalanche have been. I still just don't think. Although if they get Landeskog back, uh, that could be pretty crazy, right? So. Um, yeah, and you know, and Dallas could could surprise people, and you know, in the Canucks. So yes, there are there's a bunch of good teams in the West. I think the top of the West is better than the top of the East. Uh, but that being that. said, that doesn't mean all those teams are flawless by any means. The Canucks are right now number one in the West. I do not think the Vancouver Canucks are necessarily a better team than uh, the Winnipeg Jets or uh, the Dallas Stars. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. I th- I think. I think the West, I mean, it's the Wild West, I mean, for sure. I mean, if you look at the, you know, the top three teams in each division, you know, Vancouver, Vegas, and Edmonton, I think if you go into the playoffs right now, you know, coin flip on who comes out of that, you know, division, 
uh, Colorado, Dallas, and Winnipeg in the Central. Again, another coin flip. I think it's just whether which team gets hot and which team, mm, you know, it, you know. I, the only team I can confidently say that goaltending probably is the biggest factor is Winnipeg. Like if Hellebuck plays bad, I just don't think they can compete with the other teams uh, just because, you know, of the firepower they have. Uh, and then their wild card, you know, man, it's so weird. Cause like every time you start to believe in, you know, Seattle Kraken, you know, they were like, they had a 10 and 0 run. And then all of a sudden now they're five, four and one. So like the, you know, it's just been bad for them. Nashville, I feel like they're just Mr. 500. They're just humming along. I mean, they win hockey games, but they're just not consistent enough to really make a push. Uh, I I hope they get in. I kind of like the Nashville Predators. And then the Blues, it's like off to a rough start. And then, you know, now they've won five in a row. They're feeling themselves a little bit. So, you know, they're going to make their push. And then, you know, LA Kings, obviously, we spoke about them before. Off to a hot start like the New York Rangers. And they're floundering just as bad as we are, you know, and then, you know, you know, my take on the East is that it's the Bruins, you know, it's the Bruins conference for sure. Uh, You know, I think the Panthers obviously have turned it on after a rough start. Uh, Carolina probably is the top team in the Metro and it's probably not even close right now. Uh, The Rangers are still clinging on to that hot start that they had, but, you know, eventually will fall off because, as we'll get into it, I, I don't I don't think this is going away anytime soon. I, this is not, you know, uh, this is not a lull in the season. This is what this team is. And we'll get into that. Uh, the one team that I'm surprised, just man, I tell you, man, having them played the Toronto Maple Leafs in the first round, you know, if you're the Carolina Hurricanes or the New York Rangers, God, God bless you. It's going to be tough. But uh Yeah. Again, I just don't see anybody like taking it and running away with it. I mean, it's an open, it's an open division. You know, I'd be actually fearful for the Rangers to make the playoffs if like any other three teams were like playing good. It's just everyone stinks. I feel, I feel like, you know, you have the teams at the top, and then you have literally just a stinky East conference. So, should we get into it, Andy? Let's get it. You want to get into the New York Rangers? Yeah, I guess we, yeah, we kind of have to. This is, this is I know. <laughs> well, do, should we? I guess we'll talk about the the most important news of the yeah. day first, right? Uh, so yeah, the New York Rangers today announced that following his setback uh, two days ago at Morning Skate, uh, Philip Heedle is going to miss the rest of this se- the entirety of this season due to uh, their, what they're still calling an upper body injury, but we all know to be concussion-related um, symptoms. So apparently making his way back was on the... the I don't know if it's substantiated, but a, there was basically a... I forget, someone said that they he was engaged in a like a basic light battle drill, and he stepped on either his stick or the stick of Jake Lasician, and he slipped and, you know, went dead hit fell to the ice and that might have triggered it. You know what I mean? So, but uh, yeah, it, it's just, it's absolutely brutal for Heedle. Um, You know, he was working his way back. You were hoping it was going good. Uh, yeah, this just, it sucks, man. It sucks for the team. It sucks for him. You just honestly, at the end of the day, the human comes first. You hope that, 
he's not going to be dealing with this stuff that this doesn't end his career or, but more importantly, this doesn't, you know, forever impact the quality of his life. You know what I mean? So just brutal news. Um, he did put out a Instagram, uh, a statement on Instagram, you know, essentially just saying that, you know, it's been the hardest three months of his life and has not been easy for him. Uh, but he said, but you know, but we got to stay positive even in these tough moments and just think of what is ahead of us. You know, thank you for all your nice messages. I'll come back stronger than ever, you know, prayers or whatever. So staying positive, he's a good kid, you know, which is what makes not, you know, it's never nice, but especially knowing how hard he works and, you know, what a positive uh, person he is. It's just, yeah, it's brutal, man. It absolutely sucks. It sucks for the team. It obviously really hurts their chances. Uh, in the postseason. And it, it, you know, it just sucks because at the end of the day, you just want this kid to a be able to live his dream and play professional hockey and b just enjoy his quality of life, you know? So yeah, it just, it, it, it's uh straight out fucking sucks. It stinks. Yeah. And you know, uh, again, I don't know what the future will hold for him, but you know, I think the New York Rangers posted something that, you know, he's focused on making his return next season. I would imagine sometime over the summer they're going to make an evaluation on whether or not he can continue to play the game. You know, I, I don't want to sit here and, and, and be Mr. Negative with him, but holy shit. I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I like concussions scare me. There's not enough research done. The long-term, you know, consequences of dealing with these things are brutal. Uh, we've seen it in every sport. You know, you just, everyone now knows what concussions do to you long-term and it's just, and he's such a young player. And I think the way he plays the game and, you know, for him to be effective at this level, it's like, you can't really, you know, hold back. And if you're playing timid, it's just, it's not going to be good. And I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, obviously we'll, you know, stay positive, but at the same time, you know, this is a business and, you know, the New York Rangers have to still remain focused on the ultimate goal and that's getting to the playoffs and, you know, competing for a Stanley cup. And, you know, I, I guess it's not really the elephant in the room, but, you know, I think everyone, every Ranger fan knew that this was definitely a possibility and that, you know, Filipino now comes off the books and there's a lot of money there for the New York Rangers to make a move and boy, do they ever need to make a move to, you know, jolt this team back on track. So Andy, you know, uh, it's not a silver lining because you lost the player, but yeah, you, you get money and we know the Rangers need help. And this certainly will help us because I mean, let's face it. We basically played now at least the the second quarter of this, of this season without Filipino. So, you know, getting a, a player either him or a player like him back would be a huge you know help you know especially in terms of depth here so uh are there any rumors you know anything floating around now that the new york rangers might be able to target i mean obviously the one name that keeps popping up has been sean monahan but um larry brooks did today uh, basically throw a little bit of water on that, basically just for what it would cost. Um, and you never know, because you you know that Larry is in a lot of ways ends up being a mouthpiece for 
the organization to, you know, organizations use beat writers and, and reports to try to drive prices or interest down, or, you know, to obfuscate drive prices down or whatever. But he basically said something to the effect of, um, you know, the need for 3C is dire, but not dire enough for Drury to give up a number one or a blue chip prospect, let alone both in a trade for Monaghan or Henrique. Maybe not what folks want to hear, but there is nothing over the last 25 games that indicate that the team should go all in. Not that I necessarily disagree with him. Uh, more than anything, the Rangers need to muscle up for the playoffs, third and fourth lines. And off Saturday, yes, one game against a bad team, I'd give uh, Mackey a run to see if he can fill the third pair spot on the left. What about Gustafson? Horses for courses. So, you know, Larry doesn't seem convinced that the Rangers uh, have the appetite or nor should spend the, you know, first round pick on a, you know, a Sean Monaghan type. You know what I mean? And honestly, I don't necessarily just disagree with them. I think if you're going to go to war with this group, I think you need to, you have your core. And yes, you Hedl going out frees up money. But, you know, if you're looking for one piece at, to hope that every other, uh, you know, every other aspect of this team kind of falls into place, I just don't see it. I think you can get more like he did two years ago where you get a cheaper player like cop uh, Vitrano and Mott, those three made more of a difference than get, you know, getting Tarasenko and then Kane last year. You know what I mean? So um, I just, yeah, I think you, the good, like you said, obviously the heel stinks, uh, the injury stinks, but there is money there now to, you could get instead of like, basically having to do with it over the summer and maybe get one or two depth guys. and That's it. He can maybe get three pretty okay, solid pieces. You can get a solid defenseman for potentially just in case of an injury or if, if someone's not cutting it and you can get, uh, you know, a third line center who maybe isn't out, you know, doesn't blow you off, uh, you know, who at least has strong underlying numbers and, and can make sure that, you know, it that's at least an upgrade over whatever, you know, they have going on at the moment. You know what I mean? And then someone to bolster their fourth line. That's basically what they need. You, you need someone to get Brodzinski off this team. And you need, honestly, you probably need someone to get, because they're not going to get rid of Goodrow, someone to get Pitlick off this team. So that's kind of what they really need. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code THPN. The crown is yours. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for a gambling problem by calling 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know, I, I again, we we I it's nothing's changed since our last podcast. But you you know, you look at this team and you look at the makeup of this team and I definitely agree with you. I, I don't know about getting another defenseman. I feel like 
you, you want to make this defense, you know, you want to make this defense. I mean, you want to make it go a little bit. Why don't you like shore up our offense? Like, get a little bit more support, you know, let's get, you know, more depth up front and let's roll four lines. You know, I, I think a lot of it is that our really are, we we're incapable of sustaining, you know, four lines of consistent pressure. And it's not like we have to play, you know, dominant hockey, every four lines, you know, have to dominate, but you know, for Christ's sake, like it's, it's one or two players every night and that's it. And it's not, it's the same fucking people. And, you know, we need, you saw what happened in the Ottawa game. Now, granted, Ottawa is a very, very bad hockey team. Like, that's goal support. Like, what happened in Ottawa needs to happen consistently. Ten games in a row, you know, getting goal support, you know? And then I think that the pressure of the defense will lighten up a little bit. Because right now, right now, Miller stinks. You know, you know, Truba stinks. Yeah, and obviously he's suspended right now, but... You know, it just you look at this team. It's like this decor is not meant to make things happen. They're meant to be a support system. And, you know, if the forwards are not all in and they're not, you know, pressuring the puck and not sustaining any pressure, then it starts to put pressure back on guys like Miller, Fox, um, Gustafson to play a little bit of offense. And that's not we can't rely on that. We did that last year. It just doesn't work, you know, and we need the jolt up front to help relieve some of the pressure on the back end. So, yeah, I agree with you. We need to bring in depth players. Um, you know, I, I guess the biggest question, Andy, you know, looking at, you know, uh, cap friendly right now for the New York Rangers, you know, Barclay Goudreau has a modified no trade clause. I mean, if we got that three point six million off the books, you know, you, you may, you know, I don't know what team would like take them because it's a certainly a modified no trade list. So it's fifteen teams there. I would imagine he wouldn't be able to, or he wouldn't be picking teams like you know the San Jose Sharks and such and such. But having that, I'd be a little bit more confident going into the playoffs and the trade deadline if we got that you know, that money also off the books and we were able to revamp the entire, you know, bottom six, but there's zero chance, right? They trade Barkley Goudreau. I mean, this year. Yeah. In season, absolutely not. I mean, in the off season, yeah, it could happen because in a lot of ways, it sounds, it seems like if this group can't get it done, even with the heel injury, I don't think, uh, I don't really think that um, Jim Dolan cares so much or think that's a valid excuse. This team has to do something this year, make some waves this year. They, in a lot of ways, if if they, they have to make it at least out of the first round this year. If they, if, if it's a first round exit they're I don't, I don't know. There's a good chance that Chris Drury is not the general manager anymore. Um, or at the very least the edict is in that. Well, then you got to get rid of this core. Listen, We've said this. I I don't believe in this core in the playoffs. I mean, listen, we also, you know, we got off to a really hot start, but like like I said, you know, earlier, this I feel like this is kind of who we are. Cuz Mika Zibanejad is not an, a 1C right now. He gets paid like it. He gets the playing time of it. But, you know, that's not a top line. That's not a Stanley Cup team, the top line on a Stanley Cup team. It's just not and granted, it is our quote-unquote second line because 
we all know that, you know, Panarin, Trocek, and Lafreniere is our top line, and they do play like it. But if we're going to get this play out of Kreider, Zibanejad, you know, Wheeler, you know, whoever they throw up there, Kako, we're in big trouble because we have one line, and our second line does absolutely nothing. And that's including our, you know, star player, Mika Zibanejad. You know, it just can't be always what he can do on the play on the power play you know he's got to get shit done on five on five and listen if you're gonna tie yourself to Kreider's hip then you're gonna have to do a lot of shit on your own and I think Kreider is the big biggest problem on that line you know even when Kako came back I think you know Kreider just he's not creative enough he's not gonna do a give and go if you watch him he does the same thing he gets the puck along the boards and just throws it in any direction that he, you know, thinks, you know, you know, will will continue the play, and that's great if you want to cycle one once or twice, but it's every single time he's so predictable and like everyone's like, well, no one hits him, no one goes after him, yeah, because every, all you got to do is go to the boards, you shut down the two boards, he's not never going to make a play towards the middle of the ice, so in my opinion, you know, Chris Kreider being attached to Zibanejad is the worst thing for Mika. And the fact that Wheeler and Kako are only two options and neither of them are, you know, outstanding, you know, offensive type players. I don't, Mika's fucked. Like, that's all I got to say. Like, I I don't, I just don't see a way out of this. Yeah. And I mean, you know, when I look at the New York Rangers, I think the biggest problem I have with them concurrently is I don't know who they are, if that makes any sense. Like, the year they went uh, to the the first year under Gallant, they went to the, the Eastern Conference Final. I basically knew who they were. They were a team that they didn't get a lot of... Yeah, like, we definitely got on them for their, their soft, like, m- wanting to play East-West more than North-South type hockey you know what i mean like yeah but it's arguably what they were all good at it's what panarin's the best at it's what zamajad's good at it's what fox is arguably very good at uh it's what strome was good at you know and it's kind of the, it was the kind of the identity of the team was that it was live and die by goaltending now it's like when i look at the uh the the las vegas golden knights i know what they are they're a fucking they're a big team with big D that are, you know, that play a smothering style defense. I know that the Vancouver Canucks and the New Jersey Devils are high flying offense teams, quick up the ice, quick, you know, quick in transition uh, teams with some risk in their game. I just don't know what the New York Rangers are. I know I could say that for most of the other like the content. Obviously, we know what the Hurricanes are. They clearly have an identity. They've been doing it for how many years now? But the New York Rangers, like the players they have and what their coach is trying to do, it just seems like and this is not the fault of Peter Laviolette, because I think it's what the Rangers should be doing. But just so many times, it just doesn't it literally seems like like a like a skin graft that won't take in terms of looking at the performance of Zabanajad and Kreider this year. It's worked out really well for, like you said, our actual first line, the Panarin Lafreniere. Trocek line and you know kudos to all three of those guys you know Trocek had a fine year in his first year as a ranger but he's having an outstanding year this year Lafreniere finally takes a step kudos to him and Panarin lots of credit to him he changes his game and he's attacking and shooting more so he he bought in 
But has Kreider and Zibanejad done anything different than they've ever done? No, it's just there There had to be an adjustment on their end to play the way Laviolette wants to play. And it's just not. They just both they just kind of look a little bit more lost. And, I, you know, I think the sad thing is when I watch Zibanejad, you know, it looks like he's trying. I see him try to get back and play good defense and support. But it's just, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just it's just a lot of confusion. Uh, it just seems like this team, it's, there's not, I just don't sense buy-in up and down the entire roster. Well, l- let me ask you this. We're, you know, instead of pointing out the problem, let's, let's think of a solution. What type of player could, you know, we put on that line as a, let's just say a two, a line two right winger to put on that line to get the best out of both of those guys? You know, is there a player out there that like you would love to see play with those two? Yeah, there's a there's a guy in in St. Louis uh, who's a really <laughs> good right away. I, I know I made that joke the other day, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, I I don't understand why Jimmy VC hasn't gotten a, a bigger look up there yet. It seems like Laviolette is not the biggest VC guy, which I don't really understand. You 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 think he would because Gerard Gallant could not wait to get Jimmy VC up in the lineup. Yeah. Couldn't wait. But yeah, well, it's just like, wouldn't you look like the hero if Jimmy VC was the answer? Yeah. Like, all right. You look at the team, you look how they're playing. Kako wasn't it. Uh, you know, Wheeler is clearly not it. Give Jimmy VC a chance. The only reason I feel like he won't put him there is to put jury in a bad spot of, you know, we clearly need to upgrade in that. We have a guy, Jimmy VC, playing, you know, top line on our first line, playing the right wing. But, like, that's, like, not a, you know, I, I can see how it can be construed as, like, negative, but, like, it's not a negative thing. Like, the kid deserves a chance up there because nobody else is, you know, taking that spot and run with it. So, you know, give him a chance. You know, maybe you catch lightning in a bottle and, you know, they catch that line catches fire for four games. Yeah. You know, then you walk away with eight points and, you know, if it fizzles out, it fizzles out. Who cares? It's Jimmy VC. You drop him back down to the bottom six. Um, I'd be trying everything right now just to just to, you know, make it work. But, yeah, I, I don't get it. Um, you know, I, I the only solution I have right now that I'm pretty on board with mentally, uh, you know, I, obviously, obviously things change. I read one tweet and my whole, you know you know, my, my whole, you know, outlook, you know, changes immediately is the team that we played last night is a bad team. They're going to trade players. There's a guy on that team, Tarasenko, who doesn't make a whole ton of money. Uh, he can play the right wing. You can throw him on that spot. You know, you have then Kreider, Zibanejad, Tarasenko. Your second line, obviously, is Panarin. Vinny and Lafreniere, your third line, because you're going to get another player from that team, Shane Pinto. And you're going to have Will Cooley on the left side, Shane Pinto, who is a six foot three, 200 pound center from New York, who would be ecstatic to go play for the New York Rangers. And on the right hand side, you have Capo Caco. All right. And then your fourth line, you're looking at VC. Goodrow and Wheeler. 
And that knocks Pitlick out. That knocks Brzezinski out. And, you know, I think away we go. Obviously, defense stays the same. Goaltending stays the same. Now, you're saying, James, what are you going to have to give up? Yeah, you're going to have to give up a lot. You know, Shane Pinto was a late first-round draft pick for the Ottawa Senators. But, you know, he if Heedle, heaven forbid Heedle never comes back, that kid is going to be your, you know, center for the for the next decade, hopefully. So you're going to, but you're going to have to give something up, you know, and we're loaded on the left-hand side because we're never going to get rid of fucking Kreider. Uh, Panarin is signed for the next, you know, three years. Uh, and then you have, you know, I guess Lafreniere moved to the right side, but right now you have, you know, Panarin, Kreider, and Will Cooley all able to play the left-hand side. We're loaded there. Give him Othman. I know that's probably controversial for some people because he's got a little bit of swagger, but the kid, let's just face it, it's going to be tough making this lineup, uh, you know, especially after, you know, the, the way Will Cooley has played this year. So unless you're just happy with him on the fourth line, but, you you know, you send that out, you send your first round pick and you're going to probably have to trade, you know, a Zachary Jones or something like that. That I think might be able to get it done. And it might be another, you know, low level prospect too, or another mid mid pick. So, um, Andy, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, Pinto uh, honestly makes a lot of sense, at least for the timeline of this team, because. And for those of you who don't know, Shane Pinto, if you look on his, you know, on you know his bio and his recent games, he doesn't have many because he was the one that was suspended for uh, the gambling uh, situation. So yeah, 40, 41 games. Um, yeah, but like you said, James, I think the way things have gone in the last month and a half have really, cause at first it was like, look, this is the best chance. The Rangers were top the league and it's like, all right, this is your, your time. You take your shot. Who cares? You get, you get the old guy. You don't care what you pay for him. But I think you have to be a little bit more forward looking with this, this group now, because there's a lot of. If Drury thinks that the next move that if he's not the next one out the door and if it's if he gets to at least try to to change the core around, then all of a sudden Pinto is uh, is a much more attractive piece. You know what I mean? Someone you're hoping that can maybe, you know, he's 23 years old now. Um, it's hard to tell what he can become, but at least at the very least, you hope he can become a second line center for your team. It still doesn't, you know, maybe he does have first line upside or first line center upside. It's just, you know, at, at 23 years of age, I think at the very least you would start to get an inkling if that was the case. But, um, <clears throat> but that being said, it's like you start kind of having to think about the, a future, the future of this team without Zaban and Jad and Kreider um, and Truba and you know what I mean? So when, yeah, when players like Fox and Lafreniere are going to have to be the ones uh, you know, Panarin will still be around probably, but like try, uh, old man Panarin, uh, driving the bus, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, <clears throat> but at least as it relates to for the playoffs in season, it's tough. I don't know if Ottawa necessarily wants to have that conversation in season, especially if they want to like teams are, <coughs> excuse me, goddamn, sorry, bad, bad cough recently. Um, um, you know, I think if they want to, uh, I think they might want to do this at the draft where they can 
get more of a haul instead of just teams that are very because I think teams this time of year are looking for immediate help and Pinto is more of a future piece if that makes sense you know what I mean you're kind of paying for what he will be not what he is right now so but I mean yes that would be a very shrewd move because he does at least give you some help right now in your lineup and you also but you know I think you might have to pay a little bit you'd probably really have to blow Otto away with an offer to make that happen right now yeah, I, again, uh, like we'll see. I, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I like I don't know what it would take. But at the same time, it's there's not many good answers because I do think you need a top line right winger. I do think you need a third line center, and I would like to get another piece on the fourth line. I don't think I necessarily would touch the defense. I mean. Yeah. It is what it is at this point. I don't think you're going to get that big of an upgrade. Uh, I just think you're going to end up paying more money for what you already have. You know, unless you told me that you're comfortable trading Ryan Lindgren, but I just don't think, I think that would just destroy this team losing a guy like that. So, um, because he's the only one that you could move that makes a little bit of money, uh, unless you moved a Braden Schneider. But he's 22 years old, making 925000 and he's a restricted free agent, and he's not going to make much more. So, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. And then, you, you know, your seventh defenseman, you know, Zachary Jones, I think he's a good trade piece. Uh, you know, again, a left defenseman, I don't know. I don't know what the future hit because he's such a small player, and, you know, I, I don't know. He, he never really had a full shot here, but... I, had a hell of a game. Uh, the he other did day. have a hell of a game. Well, now's the time to fucking move him. But yeah, I, again, I don't know. I don't know what the the future holds. So, um, so that, I you got me thinking, Andy. So I wanted to follow up with this question uh, because you think that there's a lot of pressure on Jury. Do you think he just goes all out? You know, gets rid of the first round pick, gets rid of some of these prospects to really bolster this this team. Um, I think if it's, if he does that, which I don't think he's going to do, I think <clears throat> if, well, I guess if he's going to do that, it's not going to be Sean Monahan, if that makes any sense. It'll definitely be, um, although I, sorry, geez. Um, you know, I, I did see, I think the, in Calgary, they kind of put the Elias Lindholm rumors to bed. I thought I saw that. So um, but yeah, if, if he, I guess if he was to take a big swing, he would take it, you know, I feel like Gensel is a big swing would be a big swing for him. Um, who knows? Maybe he comes out of left field and, and goes after Chikrin or Hannafin to like, you know, cause you say, oh, you're not going to, you know, uh, fuck with the decor, but you love Braden Schneider, but obviously you give brain Schneider up in a deal for Hannafin or Chikrin if that's the the route you want to go, you know? Right. So that would really bolster this team's back end. And honestly, that fits Peter Laviolette's play style more. He wants, it's more about uh, moving the puck from, you know, offense starts in the back end with your defenseman. And I think Hannafin guys, players like Hannafin and Chikrin kind of match his edict, Peter Laviolette's system that more of that Nashville classic, you know, style anyway. Right. So, Honestly, that's kind of more of the big swing I could see. Yeah, it's tough, man. 
another team too i'm curious like if they'd be willing to move some of their younger pieces is a team like buffalo you know casey casey middlestat's having a good season he can play center um you know they they got a bunch of you know young pieces I don't I don't know what they'd be willing to to move from, you know, because they they God, like you look at this team, that fucking Jeff Skinner contract's gonna haunt them. It, it just every time I look at it, it gets scarier and scarier. It's nine million for the next four seasons or three seasons after this. So yeah. Um do you think, you know, Buffalo kinda makes some moves, maybe gathers more picks and keeps you know, kind of retooling a little bit because this this year was supposed to be a step forward, and I feel like they they did not take it. Um, so, what are your thoughts on a team like Buffalo moving some pieces? It's tough because not, not to the just New York Rangers, but it can be anybody. Yeah, I think it's tough because <clears throat> I think if Buffalo's making a move, it's like you said, it's looking to next season. Um, don't want to move on from a player in their young core right now. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like you said, the the Skinner contract haunts them. Although Ocposo is their captain, I think the contracts of the older guys, your Ocposos, your Skinners, your Olafsons are kind of the ones they would probably be looking to eventually get out from. Um, is Zemgus Giergensen still there? I don't even know, but I assume yeah, he is, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so <clears throat> I assume those are the type of players they would try to look on, I mean, or move on from. But yeah, it's, I guess it's interesting. I think it's you look at some of these teams and you hear rumors about, you know, they some of the teams that have perpetual who literally have been like Anaheim, like Buffalo, uh, like, you know, the Arizona Coyotes who've just been drafting first round picks for a decade. It's like, well, yeah, they can't all, they don't have a spot in the roster for all of them. They all didn't pan out, but some are still pretty good, but just, you can't, there's a log jam there. So for the Rangers kind of finding a team that could, it's like, hey, we are comfortable with the amount of D in our depth in our organization, but we have no centers. You have a lot of centers. You don't have a lot of D. It's like, can we can we get something done here? You know what I mean? Yeah. So to that end, yeah, maybe if they're if they're like, you know what, middle stat as good as he's, the season he's having, we ultimately have two guys. We think we we think Quinn and you know <clears throat> whoever else will or, or or you know Tage Thompson were just happier with that. We you know what I mean? It's just like we cannot pay. Casey this much money just because it's going to eat up money that Owen power is going to get and you know, whatever, or Dolly already makes this much. So, um, so yeah, so maybe on that end there is a deal to be made, but, um, I just think Chris Drury is old school and I don't think he's going to get much younger. If he gets someone there, I think they're going to be a minimum of 23 years old at least. Okay. Well, I was going to throw one hype, one more hypothetical at you. Oh, I love it. Let's go hear it. You mentioned his name. Pavel Buchnevich. He's got two years <laughs> on his contract. He's 28. I, listen, I would love it, but you I don't. Mean, why does, not? What is the What are the Blues building towards? They're not a Stanley Cup contender. They're barely a team. How that, old is Buchnevich now? He's 28. He's got two years. He's I got mean, this year and next year at 5.8 million. Listen, if 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 the deal's to honestly, he's the only player I want. If I'm if I'm being honest, it's like you know what. Let him, uh, if there's any wrestling fans out there, like Cody Rhodes, like let let the Rangers finish this story. If they're going to finish the story, let them finish the story. Um, bring Could Buchnevich you imagine home. the jolt of energy they'd get with Pavel Buchnevich? I think would it you, would be Would you give up jolt. the first for him? Um, and honestly, they retain some salary this year? I would. 
I would. Because this is it, honestly, for this core. This is it. I can, I don't have faith in them, but if this is going to be it for them, I can at least say, all right, you get the first round pick. But only right. for Pavel Buchnevich. If it's not Pavel Buchnevich, you don't get it. I'm keeping it in a locked case. And and if you, unless you you say we want to bring in Pavel Buchnevich, I'm, you know, swallowing the key. But, I mean, you know, if, if uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, he's playing so good for them. You, I, I think he definitely, if he was available, you'd have to give up a lot to get him. You know, you're giving up. Uh, honestly, Capococco is going the other way. You think you know, so? Yeah. I mean, you know. If it was, oh, I think a, they take picks and prospects for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd give up Othman for him, definitely. But. Oh, and, oh listen, I love Othman, too. Um, I don't even really like Othman that much, but. Under no not. circumstance. Uh, my only thing is you cannot give up Perot under any circumstances. Yeah, no. He the, the weekend that fucking kid just had. Yeah, you can't. You just you cannot touch him. But. Othman, it would be a tough pill to swallow because would you again, trade a first I, and Othman for him? And hell they retained yeah. half his you would? Hell yeah, I would. Okay. For for Buchnevitz, hell yeah, I would. Okay. And then then would you they, see what you you can finally if you can make it make it work. Throw I mean, Sammy you know. Too. What? Throwing Sammy Blay too, why is all right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean he you know, I, I made a joke earlier about uh, like a skin graft that wouldn't take. It was kind of New York and Sammy Blay was the same way. But the second he got back to St. Louis, he turned back apparently to a good player. So, I mean, listen, I all I'm saying is it is uh, is Minnesota. Well, it's, where is Minnesota? Are they in a playoff spot right now? Uh, No, I think they fell out. Hold on. I can look right now for you. I mean, do they um... Minnesota's out right now? Um, they are currently seven points out. Yeah, not looking good. Well, I mean, uh, are they looking to get out? I don't know what Zuccarello's contract is. Are they looking to get out from that? Don't tease me with Zook because that's like I think that's <laughs> pulling. Can you, I don't... if you if you if you brought Buchnevich and Zook back at the same time? Like. Jesus, if what you want to talk, <clears throat> if you want to talk about like giving the team a jolt, like that would do it, I think. Listen, if you told me you sold the farm, you got rid of pretty much everyone except Perot and you got Zook because Zook next year in 24, 25 only makes 4.1. Imagine bringing in Zook and I don't even know how you would even put both of you, them. Like you couldn't fit it. You'd have to. You'd have to have a lot of salary out. But yeah, I mean, I mean, Zook, they retain fifty percent. That would be three million. Fifty percent for Booch is two point four million. I think two. No, two point eight million. I don't know. Well, like all right. So my dream dream scenario for me here. This is and this folks. This is not happening. You <clears throat> attach a second round pick. Uh, for future considerations, you give uh, the San Jose Sharks a second round pick to take Barkley Goodrow off your hands. Okay. That now you freed up what three point five million. Yeah, three point. Now you have between <clears throat> three point six million. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, between three point six million and what Heedle makes four 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 point three or something like that. Yeah. So you have like seven and a half million dollars to to somehow make Buchnevich and Zukvet. You can easily do it with 50% retained. Yeah. Well, I mean, how many you, slots? It's, it, the team gets three 50% slots, right? Is that the deal? I think so, yeah. 
Um, and then, and then, I mean, next year, obviously going into next year, you can say goodbye to Lindgren. Yeah. I mean, Lind- uh, I, I, I think this year has kind of shown me, I think Lindgren's probably gone uh, next year. It just yeah. kind of feels like it, but that's 3 million off the books. Yeah. Um, you know, but I'm it, not you know, in it, love with Kako. You can probably get rid of him. You know, well, unless he really well, think, shows you some, some, something. The, the good thing about the Rangers is that they Hartford does have a litany of like bot, like bottom. <clears throat> the one thing this Ranger, this organization finally has, which it's never had, is like basically they have a like a, a litany of bottom pairing D and um, fourth liners that can step up. Literally, they they have guys chomping on the bit to make the Rangers fourth line. Yeah, between Edstrom, who was amazing, we haven't seen since his his pretty, you know his his one good game, his really good game, and his one okay whatever game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Edstrom and and Rempe and Belzeal and uh, Adam Sakura and Brett Berard and like all these guys who could probably make the Rangers in a bottom six capacity within the next two seasons. So, luckily, you don't have to worry about it there, which is why it's crazy that you're paying a guy in your bottom six in Barkley Goodrow the amount of money you're paying. But that's a you know. A lesson, I guess, for learned for Drury, but um, um, but yeah, I mean, as far as the Rangers go, I think realistically, Drury is going to do what his strength is, and, and is just going to essentially instead of go for the one guy, which bit him last year when he did that, and he's going to do he's going to revert to what he did this, the previous year and had success, and just kind of key in on three guys to help basically strengthen the borders of, of the lineup and hope that that has like a bigger effects, which I think it will, honestly. So if I'm Chris Drury, that's what I'm doing. But in my heart of hearts, yes, I wish he somehow found money to bring Zuka and Buchnevich back. Because like I said, you want to talk about identity of the team. It's like, that's what, you know, that's kind of, those are the two players I think would cause the biggest jolt. And, you know, which is funny because it, it causes a bigger jolt than bringing on arguably a better player. Because there's familiarity and good vibes and all those other things that this Rangers team seems to really like. They love hugging each other after scoring and, you know, I don't know. It's like, yeah, I guess that would be great. But, you know, Buchnevich is, would be a would be a pipe dream for me, I guess. Yeah. Well, I feel like we should wrap it up with that type of dream because it's not the podcast can only go downhill from there. So it was all a dream. Do you have any, any final words going into the all-star break? No, just honestly, I I'm sick of the Rangers right now. I, I don't need to see them for a while. So I get a week off from them, which is nice. I'm probably not going to watch the all-star game. I don't really care to. Um, so what we have the avalanche on home uh, a week from tomorrow for Monday. It's not good. Yeah, we have the Avalanche on Monday, February fifth. Then uh, at the Lightning home against the Lightning, and then okay. on the road against the Chicago Blackhawks. Okay, it's not so bad. Then then we have some home games, and oh, Stan Stadium series on the eighteenth. So yeah, um, yeah. February looks like a a tough month for the Rangers. <laughs> Schedule wise, schedule's not great. Not good. Um, not good. You know, uh, God, I you could have just not lost to so many shitty opponents recently that this would have been better. But, um, <clears throat> whatever. Um, it doesn't really matter. Like the Rangers, I I have a sneaking suspicion they will be 
slightly better coming back from the break. I don't think they'll be like all their problems will be solved and fixed, but I think at the very least they they could use the reset and they can kind of use it. it. I mean, you got to hope that every that you can only go up for after the poor January they had, you know, because even if they're just slightly better, uh, considering where they're there, they made it essentially halfway into the season at uh, in first place in their division, you know, as it's been so bad for them. And yet uh, it's a blessing that somehow that everyone else in their division is so incompetent that they couldn't or, you know, or they couldn't uh, overtake them. So, uh, yeah, I guess a blessing in disguise. God, the Rangers need this break. God, I need this break from the New York Rangers. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Voice podcast. Be sure to follow us on X at Broadway Voice Pod and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.